everybody. Welcome to This Is Gonna Be Good. This is our, is it time to say the number yet or should we wait? I'll leave that to you. I'm always the one saying we're here again, but I'm not going to say that this time. So we're past 10. Yes, we are past 10. We're past 10. And I, I actually think this is our 12th episode. We're moving along. I believe yeah. it's the 12th. Yes. We thought it was our 13th, which I was excited about because both you and I like the number 13. True. So we'll just save that until uh, next week. Anyway. Here we are. Here we are. It's Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. We got two great guests that are coming today. We do. Yeah. We've got uh, Janine Flynn and Jen Johnson. Janine is an actor and a writer and a filmmaker. And Jen Johnson is an amazing actress and an incredible singer. And they're going to come talk to us about a little project they just did that they're also using to raise money for the Actors Fund. And they'll tell us about that. Meanwhile, Quinn and I have some stuff to talk about from this week, because like every week, a bunch of stuff happened. Every single week. I'll start with Matt Gates because I don't want to say hardly anything about it other than what an idiot, and I hope he gets in trouble, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. That's really about all I have to say about it. I heard that he should be getting <laughs> indicted in the next few weeks. He certainly should. That's what I read. Good. I hope that's I hope that's the case. I have to say, when I heard the news, one of the first things that popped in my mind was like, teenage girl? Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised by that. <laughs> that you thought it was going to be a teenage boy? Like, yeah, because like my friend posted it and like literally I like was like, girl. Oh, wow. And the underage thing I could totally see. Yeah. But after his like questionable relationship with Nestor, which I mean, that still doesn't mean he couldn't be doing. I don't both. know what that means. Who's Nestor and what's the questionable relationship? Okay, so he has a son who I believe is only about 12 years younger than him. Oh, my God. I do know about this. And he says he adopted him. And there's this whole thing about he was with this woman. And I think it was her brother or something. Uh, like, I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, but now he calls him his adopted son. And like, it's kind of weird because he's not old enough. I think little brother would have been better. But that <laughs> led to a lot of sexual um, innuendo with the gay community by calling him like his right, son. Right. Yeah. So the whole relationship seemed a little dicey. Yeah. So I was surprised that this was a girl, unfortunately, He's doing this to anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe he wants the young boy around to introduce him to young girls. I don't know. I don't know. Predators find a way. My first thought was, I'm sorry for the 17-year-old or olds if it was plural, but I do hope he gets in trouble because he is an ass. He's young Ted Cruz, basically. Everybody hates him. He's disgusting. He's like an evil, like middle-aged Jimmy Neutron, that haircut. Right. It just screams evil. My husband commented on the amount of time he must spend on grooming. It's obviously a lot, and yet the result I mean, is not great. It's a 2021 what pompadour? I don't understand I don't it personally, it's but it is. Looks like Woody Woodpecker, but in a bad yeah, way. Not in a good Woody way. Honestly, he's disgusting. Disgusting. So you were going to fill me in on Jen Shaw, who I don't know anything about. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I also do a podcast, uh, know that Real Housewives podcast. We've been going for a little while now, and we've kind of dug pretty deep into the the housewives world. And we've had conversations with Jen, like she's been on Instagram lives and stuff like that. Well, Jen Shaw was part of the cast of the new Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which was a brand new franchise that just started, I think, at the end of last year. I can't believe they've already got Salt Lake City in the mix. Already. Okay. And you would think like, you know, why Salt Lake City? And then you tune in, you're like, okay, this is why. It's a lot of insanely rich religious people in Salt Lake City. Sure. The religious element is really interesting. Right. And they're all Mormon, I take it? They're all Mormon? They all seem to have Mormon roots. Okay. Some of them have been, like, you know, kicked out of the church. Some of them have left the church. Oh. Jen Shah married a Muslim, so she actually converted and left the church. What? She's wow. from Tonga. So she's, you know, she's a Pacific Islander. She's married to a black man. And she has, like, two sons. She's been very vocal about social justice and all that stuff. Turns out she was running a fraud with elderly people over the age of 55. <laughs> online. <laughs> I take exception to that. This is the words of the article. I take exception to fraud in general, and especially the elderly, uh -huh. and especially on somebody 55 being considered elderly. <laughs> but, um, okay. I have sure. to admit that... There's a lot of 55-year-old people who are older that I could trick online if I chose to. Sure. I think the election is proof that that is possible. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, sure. The generation that brought us computers turned out to not be that great a fact check. Yeah, wisdom doesn't no. necessarily come with age. Many people have proven that to be a fact. Yeah, so she's defrauded all these <laughs> oldsters. Okay. And now it's supposed to be like hundreds of thousands of people. It's millions that she's defrauded these people through telemarketing, fake companies. Mm. And she's out on a million-dollar bond, and she's already 
already like advertised on her Instagram live, like free Jinshaw t-shirts and merchandise. Okay. If she comes out of this, she is going to be famous, probably in like Chicago type proportions. This will be really good for her brand if she can beat it. I don't really think she will. She's rich, so she probably Chica- won't do a lot. What does Chicago proportions mean? You know, like the musical Chicago where she basically was, she got famous for being a criminal. Right. Like that's kind of where we're okay. living. You have now. seen way more yeah. Broadway shows than me, oddly enough, even though I've been an actor longer than you. It's because your husband was obsessed with Broadway. Is obsessed. I married a musical theater gay, and so every day is a musical. <laughs> so me. you've seen all the shows, right? I've never seen Chicago. I hate musicals. It's weird because like I grew up around music. My mother's a singer. I actually can sing a little bit by genetic spillover. I was gonna ask. And I don't like it's just not my thing. And I'm not a huge musical person. I prefer plays. Like I love a good play. Yeah, me too. Me too. I much prefer a straight play. But uh-huh. I mean, there's the occasional musical that I like, but I'm not like a I'm not a person who's I'm not one of those actors that knows all the stuff about musicals. And I've never seen Chicago and Yeah, I'm not a Sondheim. No. The fact that I can even name Sondheim is a miracle of my marriage. Like I had no idea who that was. Well, he's been around the block, but yeah, I could name him, but I don't know that much about anything. Yeah, but I actually kind of do. I know, apparently. It's been beating me. I, we've done this thing. Like, I taught him about superheroes. He taught me about musicals. We've had this whole oh, give and take. Thing. Okay. So anyway, that's what's going on with Jen Shah. She's out on bail. And do you think she's guilty? I'm pretty sure she's guilty. From the beginning, she's been very like shady about what her business was. Like People uh-huh. have asked her, like, what exactly is it that you do? Because nobody was like really sure what she did. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of proof. You know, when you're running like a Ponzi scheme or some kind of scam, people don't ever really know what your business is. Right. Like, this is 2021. If I can't Google you and know exactly what you do and how you make your money, there's something wrong there. And it seems like once somebody started following the money, because whoever's investigating her... Uh, I guess these are federal crimes. They've been following the money mm-hmm. for however long. For so, a while. Yeah, so we'll see. She has a large entourage that nobody understood why she had. And they're like, why do you need such a large entourage? And then it turned out that some of the people in her entourage were actually working to get dirt on her from the feds. I so freaking this- hate fraud. I really hate fraud. Fraud's gross. It's, that's why it's called fraud. And I have to tell you, I mean, this is the last thing I say about Housewives. It's not my style of TV. We've already talked about that a million times, but um, that's not my style of reality show. I can watch a makeover show. I can watch like eight episodes of a makeover show. I love makeover shows. Mm-hmm. The Housewives thing, it's a little traumatizing for me, especially like New York Housewives. I worked in those people's homes, not necessarily those exact ones, but I watched a little bit mm-hmm. of New York Housewives a couple times, and I was just like, oh, God, like those are too many people I've worked for already. They're terrible. I've been in their houses. I've been washing their dishes. I've been cooking their food. I've been, you know, bringing their drinks out on a tray, whatever. I can't, I, I, I couldn't look at them. That's all. Well, luckily for you, you don't have to watch New York. You can watch Beverly Hills. I don't want to watch any of them. They're all the <laughs> same, okay? It's trash TV. It is yeah. what it is. These are trash TV, trash people, a lot of them. Yeah. But you know, this is America, and that's what we... That's how we got a trashy TV president. Well, it's and just, I will... You know, awesome. I need to listen to your podcast anyway, because perhaps I will yeah. enjoy it, because I like you guys. And you're charming and funny. Oh, thank you. You forgot handsome. Well, that just stands to reason. And handsome. Well, this is this isn't a visual medium, so people can't see. You guys, Quinn's really Sorry. handsome. Okay. Thank you. I just I thought somebody should know that. <laughs> <laughs> know that. Know that. We had the Major League Baseball Association saying that they do not want to hold their games in Atlanta because they do not agree with Georgia's new voting restrictive laws. Right. This caused a whole big backlash. For those of you who don't know, the voter registration laws to protect the integrity of elections is basically Jim Crow era voter suppression. And they can't change that no matter what they call it. No, that's exactly what it is. 100%. Corporations and the Major League Baseball. So I think that's what they're called. I don't I don't like baseball. I don't really nor I don't like sports at all, as you know. So sports yeah. is okay. Baseball is just like super boring. I like the way they look in their little outfit. Oh yeah. So like, sometimes I would watch it for the outfit. I do like the build of a baseball player. I, I will say that. They're built very uh nice. Yes. But other than that. I went to a game one time here in New York, or two times I've been, and it's fun to go there. You know. Yeah, the experience of being in a game is different than watching it. If you can't like actually go to the ballpark and watch it, it's, it, it's unwatchable to me. Yeah, agreed. Like, give me a beer and a hot dog and I can watch anything. Sure. 
But anyway, they decided that they don't want to take part in that. Other corporations have came out against it, too. I can't really remember too many of them. I think, um, like... Coke made a statement. I'm not sure what else they did. Delta, I think... I want to say Starbucks, maybe? Mm, well, Starbucks is not an Atlanta company or a Georgia company, but okay. they were really trying to get the Georgia companies to do it. But maybe Starbucks did make a statement. I don't know. There was somebody, Target, somebody, I can't Coke remember. Coke did, and Delta did. Okay. Because those are Atlanta companies. I mean, Georgia companies. It's clearly voter suppression. It's insane to say otherwise, whatever. But I was interested because Stacey Abrams was not really down with them boycotting because she was worried about the financial ramifications, you know, hurting the the people of Atlanta that need that money, including people of color. Yeah, who work at the stadiums and stuff. They need that money to come back. And similar thing happened in North Carolina with the um, trans bathroom, the whole nonsense a few years ago. Mm -hmm. People were kind of flipping out because some major sporting events boycotted and they're like, oh, this is costing us all that money. But it actually ended up being kind of effective in North Carolina. So I don't know. They have to do something. They all made statements over George Floyd. And it's like, okay, put your money where your mouth is, whatever. Like, are you still, if you're really interested, don't just do it as like a thing to promote your business. I tend to think they actually should do the boycott. Whatever's going to get results. Yeah. I know like you have to think long term. If we get the relief that people need, then maybe that Mm -hmm. can get them through. I don't know how that's going to work. But I do think we should definitely get another stimulus. People need help now. We cannot open it. I heard like what only like 20% of Americans are vaccinated. Well. I saw the stats for New York today and it was 18% of New York. Yeah. I think nationally it's only like about 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still have a ways to go. Like we're going to be into the summer. People are already doing stuff, but we need more. And I think a lot of people will feel better if they could still take their time that they need, get what they need to live and then still have time to get vaccinated. I think yeah. they should do another stimulus or a monthly payment for people like myself who work, you know, like in a bar and can't work normally, you know. Right. My bar doesn't have outside seating, right. so there's nothing that... Right. We can do there. Right, right. Not right. that I'm going back there at all. Oh, okay. So. Well, and I was thinking since at least this is a year where people are getting stimulus money and extra unemployment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is an okay time to do these boycotts and just try to make a statement because this is bullshit what George is doing. It's bullshit. And George is not the only state that's doing this. And it's bald face discrimination, Jim, Jim Eagle, whatever Biden called it. Not just Jim Crow. It's Jim Eagle. It's a bit more aggressive. Because eagles are bigger. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That was a real granddad joke. We excuse it. They need to take a stand and that, and that needs to be crushed. They need to be crushed, basically. Ground into the dust. Bessemer, Alabama has a big old Amazon plant. Okay. And the workers sort of slowly but surely uh, decided they wanted to try to unionize. And one of the workers that, that really got the ball rolling is a black woman. I forgot her name. I heard her on a podcast. Um, of course it's a black woman. Of course. Yeah, hello. Right? Of course it is. Right. I'm actually excited because I just recently saw Norma Ray for the first time like last <gasps> month. So. Oh my God, I love that movie. And yes, that's what I was thinking. This woman is is the black modern day Norma Ray of this company because she was great. She gave this great interview. I think it was on the Daily Podcast maybe. And they might win. They might win. They had the vote already and it'll be another week or so. But probably by the time this episode drops, we'll know actually. I hope so. We need unions. And for a town in the South to to have a big company to unionize like that, it would be huge. And it would be a big step forward. Here's hoping. Here's definitely hoping. I'm keeping an eye on my sous vide as well. The sous vide is operated by my phone. It's, oh. it's very sophisticated. And I'm cooking a boneless leg of lamb for Easter. Sounds delicious. It's going to be delicious. I've never cooked a boneless leg of lamb in this thing, and I'm very excited about That's it. That's cool. I want to do a ham, but I'm not doing a ham. Have I ever cooked a ham in my life? I actually don't think I've ever cooked a ham. Other oh, than uh, that at a catering job, like the company gave me a ham to take to somebody's house and cook <laughs> it, or finish cooking it, rather. But for my own self, you know, my mom used to cook a ham for Easter pretty frequently but uh yeah easter ham is a thing in my family and i married somebody who can't cook at all so i ended up having to learn to cook right and i've cooked everything and now you're pretty good at it oh yeah like i do my own like honey brown sugar glaze on it i do the whole thing mustard put some mustard on love it. it put some mustard in it but this year because of our last episode we talked about fried chicken so now right. i've been asked <laughs> to make fried chicken for easter instead so that's what i'm gonna do i can't wait to hear how it turns out i'm doing it in an air fryer i'm not gonna like fry it in oil oh so. shite okay we'll see how this goes i've never fried chicken in an air fryer before i've never used an air fryer so i love it i've successfully oven fried chicken a few times it's not exactly the same as pan fried but it is it's mm-hmm. good you can do it good you just have to season it i just wish that the air fryer was connected to my like it was a smart air fryer mm. 
I would rather not have to press the buttons. I'd rather be able to just do it from my phone or like tell Alexa to do it. Like what I'm doing with my sous vide. Yeah. It's very cool. It would be easier to do, but I don't even know if they have smart air fryers. They probably do, but I don't have one. My in-laws bought me this one because like they made like air fryer pork chops and posted on Facebook. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I've always wanted an air fryer and they just sent one to us. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll use it then. (laughs) Watch what you say. I mean, which was, it was really nice to them. It is nice, but people don't understand New York apartments. Exactly. Don't always have space in the kitchen for... And they sent us the biggest one. Like they sent us the size that they have. And we're like, we don't have a big ass house like you do. We have this finite area that is hard for two people to even work together in. Yeah. No, me too. We've got like a Barbie kitchen. It's very skinny. The other thing I wanted to talk about, aside from ham and chicken, which I'm always happy to talk about, is accountability versus cancel culture. Having to do with the whole Pharaoh versus Allen thing you said you saw. I did. What did you think of it? When I was really little, I can't remember what year when all that happened. I was like 90, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but it was like early 90s. I remember being like small. Like It's one of the scandals that I remember my mother following closely when I was growing up. Uh We were never a Woody Allen family. Like, my parents were never fans of Woody Allen. They didn't live in New York. They weren't white. My family was white and remained white, but uh, yeah, yeah, we weren't raised with New York No, there was. I only watched Woody Allen movies way after I left home. His movies are aggressively white. I think that's true. That's not something that would have attracted my parents. That's true. See, I didn't even know anything about him. I did know about Mia Farrow because my mother, like I told you, loves old movies. One of her favorites is Rosemary's Baby. So anyway, I had no idea the details of the case. I knew that supposedly there was some inappropriate going on with Suni Previn and Woody Allen. And that's the only thing that I remember. Oh, you didn't know about Dylan, the child. I did not know. It was disgusting enough to marry your girlfriend's daughter even if she was like 18 years old like Adopted. like that in itself Whatever. was disgusting so I had no idea well and she was 17 when he started taking pictures well when he started she was yes in high school she was Matt Gates age uh, Matt, Matt Gates preference age age preference <laughs> yeah, not just Matt Gates Roy Moore lots of Republicans for sure so like I didn't know the details of that so this really opened my eyes and to see this woman who's I think close to my age and how she's still struggling with it and how he was just so powerful that they couldn't get justice and it was infuriating to watch. Agree. I I believe he's guilty. Of course, he's definitely guilty. I know people who don't, but I I think he's definitely guilty. There was a woman, um, Professor Loretta Ross, that I heard on another podcast that was talking about that story and also Michael Jackson and basically all the stories. Everything from more minor stuff like Al Franken to bigger stuff like Woody Allen and I always forget that damn director's name, that horrible, horrible man. Roman Polanski. Yeah, him, but no, the other one, the more famous one, the one that just went down the last couple of years. Huge. Yeah. Uh, No, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Anyway, she was talking about all of them. And I've never heard anybody phrase it this way. And I thought it was cool. She said, we need to start focusing on accountability. People need to be held accountable. But we need to stop discarding people. And she was also talking about R. Kelly. And basically, she mentioned like a whole bunch of different ones. And I thought that was interesting way to look at it. Like, can we figure out a way to hold people accountable to the degree that they need to be held accountable? Like Harvey Weinstein, you know, Al Franken was framed as far as I'm concerned. We can do a whole nother episode about that. But like Mm -hmm. Weinstein, horrible person. Bill Cosby, horrible. Like, those are horrible crimes. But how do we parse, like, if we still like their work? Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson were difficult for me for obvious reasons. They both were pretty ubiquitous in my childhood. They were everywhere. As a comedian, Bill Cosby is, like, the pinnacle. Yeah. And I told you, like, I'm one of those people that, like, even, like, Roseanne, like, I... I don't agree with her, but I do find it hard to, like, discount what she did in comedy and how talented she was. Yeah, she mentioned Roseanne as well, actually, this woman. She was she was kind of talking across the board. As Black people or people of color, period, we've had to constantly separate the work from the, the person and appreciate, you know, what they contributed. And I, I do think that all of that should be taken into account of their story. But as far as cancel culture... If we didn't cancel Woody Allen to the point where he couldn't make movies in America anymore, there would be no accountability for him at all. I don't know that she would have a problem with him not being allowed to make movies anymore. Yeah. She's talking about, you know, can you still, and she mentioned Picasso even too. She's like, can you still enjoy that person's work and hold them accountable for the crimes they committed? And she wasn't even saying that she necessarily had the answer. She's a black woman also, by the way, and she's about Uh 65, I think. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really interesting the way she was framing it. She 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 feels like our culture is too quick to just dis- 
discard people and throw people away. Even before you get into cancel culture, Americans have a habit of loving to see people pulled out from the top and thrown into the dustbin. Oh, yes, we do. So now we just have a new way to do that. I think for like Woody Allen and even for, you know, Michael Jackson, it's kind of difficult for me personally because, you know, you watch, you know, his movie, What Manhattan, where Woody Allen was in a relationship with a 17-year-old girl. Ugh, disgusting, yeah. I wasn't around. I can't believe that y'all let that happen. Like that to me, as somebody <laughs> raised in my generation, right. the fact that that movie was on screen, that it was nominated, that that was an okay. And everybody was like, I love this movie. It's great. Yeah, I know. It was unbelievable to me to watch that. I had no idea that movie was even made because I don't really know about his filmography like that. Yeah. And then, like, with Michael Jackson, one of my favorite songs is PYT. It's different when it seeps into their work. That's when it becomes different for me. There are also very different people, though. I mean, I'm not excusing Michael Jackson. We've talked about that before, too. But mm -hmm. I do feel like Michael Jackson was a person who was really seriously abused. I believe that. Joe Jackson was something else. I don't know that that's the case with Woody Allen. I mean, I think Woody Allen might be a narcissist, might be a, a malignant narcissist. The way that he dealt with Mia was disgusting. Mm -hmm. it, it was disgusting. The way he manipulated the system as a powerful white man, also disgusting. You know, so I don't consider them the same. And that's kind of what this woman was saying, I think, to try to like start separating these individuals. Mm -hmm. A case by case situation. And really look at what did that person do? What are the details around it? I don't know if you watched Surviving R. Kelly. I watched a lot of it. I didn't watch all of it. Yeah. Those women broke my heart. I followed what he's been doing for a long time. I'm also an Aaliyah fan and I think we should have canceled him a long time ago. And like I said yeah. before, if R. Kelly was into blonde women, he would have been canceled back in the 90s. <laughs> Probably so, yeah. Probably <laughs> so. He liked black girls and that bought him a lot of time because nobody seems to care about what happens to black girls when they go missing, but... Nobody cares. That's a good point. Our guests have arrived. <gasps> oh. um, we can let them in now. Let them in. Have they been in the waiting room looking at our magazines? I like to make jokes <laughs> about Zoom waiting rooms. Hey, <gasps> our guests today are Janine Flynn, who, as I mentioned earlier, is an actor, writer, filmmaker. Is that the accurate description? That's the accurate description. Awesome. And Jennifer Johnson that I call Jen, Jen Johnson. Jen Johnson. Also known for a long time. An amazing actor, comedic actor, and just a kick-ass singer. Yeah. Oh. Redonkulous. Yeah. And uh, we had you guys on to talk about a little project that you did recently, which is a comic short. Janine, tell us about it. Sure. Hi, everyone. Well, you know, we're all out of work during the quarantine, and especially in the spring. And uh, so I had written a short play. A 10 minute play for a competition based on Zoom. It was all about Zoom. So uh, it got in the competition and it got some nice feedback. And I thought I'd love to like make a short film with this. Let's, it'd be super easy. It's a comedy. It's called Emma Z. It's based on my experience with a Zoom from most of the pandemic in the beginning was all 12-step meetings. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kept seeing all these people on Facebook showing me like how they needed to stop ordering from Amazon. Like they had gotten addicted to it. I was one of those people. I, I still am one of those people. Oh, totally. Me too. My husband's like, that's another package. Where are all these packages coming from? So uh, we created Amazon Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> For the film. You did not really create Amazon Anonymous. No, not, not in real life. Not in real life. So I wouldn't be surprised. There's all different types of 12-step groups. For sure. That is true. So we, uh, I made a, a little short film about uh, Amazon Anonymous. And I asked some of my uh, closest, talented friends. Jen was in my first film, Customer 935. Who was right, which I saw. That was adorable. Yes. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, to do it. And we shot it all over Zoom. You know, it's a SAG film. So they were like asking if you all the health requirements. But since everything was remote, you know, everyone was at home. Everyone did it at home. So you did it as a SAG contract. Oh, it's a SAG contract. Yeah. I saw it at the end of the video. I was like, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, my actors said, I'm SAG. So we don't even do it board and uh but everyone donated their time it's a you know a deferred pay yeah situation and um you know everyone just wanted to so i actually after i'd written the play i reached out to a, a director that i had worked with before uh who did a pandemic poetry series oh, okay and uh, he connected me with our uh that's jeremiah kip and he connected me with um uh jen plosky uh he's the producing partner and she gave me a lot of notes and changed the script and made a lot of twists oh cool and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we got to have Jen. Jen plays the, the title role, Emma Z. Emma Z. Yeah, Emma Z. Hilarious. Very funny. Yeah. And it was, you know, I'll tell you, too, it was, first of all, it was like a dream cast, I have to say. 
Dreamcast, Dreamwriting, Dreamcast, and, you know, Jen and Jeremiah were fantastic as well. And I'll tell you, too, it was imperative that we all have craft services, even though we were doing it remotely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I made sure I had a substantial, substantial table going at all times, you know, kind of thing. It was in all their contracts. Uh, Yeah. No, so we we definitely had to have breaks. We had to have a certain amount of breaks, and we definitely had to uh, have snack time. So it was... Now, did you have to provide your own snacks or did you hire a guy to, or a gal to come and bring snacks? And a, uh... I did. Well, I have a lot of cats, so they were. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, I think I think you guys know, too. My dad. Uh, my dad. OK. Hey, Freudian slip. My husband. Oh, my God. <laughs> my husband uh, is, is a chef and a caterer. So there were moments when I was like, you know, we would be filming and then I'd be like, I need a grilled cheese. You know, like something like that, you know? Like, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Fortunately, the cats were non-union, so we were good. Yeah, you don't have to pay the cats. Exactly. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. And everyone provided their own Amazon boxes. Yes. Of course. Yes. I'm sure that was easy to do. <laughs> Which was obviously not a problem. So what was the what was the hardest part of, um, you know, putting this together? Because, like, I, I've turned down many Zoom stand-up shows because <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what was the biggest challenge? Because, like, you know, getting the time in right, you guys really got brought that together. Was there, you know, what was the process for that? You know, we rehearse a lot on our own. And I think the timing, really, it was picking up the pace and the timing. Uh, uh-huh. My husband, Adam Stewart Charleston, was the editor. And I have to be sitting here on the couch. Very it cool. was amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It really helped. You know, we kept getting notes. It needs to be tighter. It needs to be tighter. So right. that helped. Um, we also, for like, close-up shots, used our phones. Every All this actors had the mini tripods. And so we did one uh, one uh, take where we put the phone in front of our faces, but we still had the Zoom going, and we did the whole movie oh. like oh that so that we would have you know, perpexillation and everything. So we would have just an additional shots. And then we did some cleanup shots. I ended up doing some cleanup shots with Jen. <laughs> you know, I think our biggest problem was Jen's Wi-Fi. Oh. <laughs> Well, that brings me to her uh, email address, which is an, an AOL. But she sent me her email today to send to Quinn. I had to, oh my God. See, I didn't say anything about it. I know, it. you were literally like chuckling. I was, I was like, like, I didn't you know say why? anything, but she clowned you, Jen. I, did. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, no, but she yeah, clowned you. You know what? I know, I know. And you know what? I proceeded to pick up my rotary phone and put on my members only jacket <laughs> and then slip on my candy shoes. And I was like, you know what? I'm good to go. You're good to go. Well, there's there's uh, two yeah. people. There's two people left that have AOL addresses. One of them is Lawrence Welk, and one of them is you. Lawrence yes. Welk is dead. <laughs> Lawrence Welk is dead. So that's all. You know, it's fine though. It's fine. Exactly. Who? Wait, who's Lawrence Welk though? Quinn, did you just say who is Lawrence Welk? He's young. I know. He's very young. <laughs> He's very very white. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that doesn't help. There is no one wider than Lawrence Welk. I'll explain it to you later. Thank you. My, my grandmother used to watch his show. Let's put it that way. You know, my uh, okay. My whole family would sit down and watch the Lawrence Welk. Yeah. My parent, my parents loved it. My mother was over the moon when we totally. watched Lawrence Welk, and I loved it because I was just like, "Who are these crazy people?" Like, I thought exactly. It was crazy. Okay, exactly. I'll Google that. It's a it's an old school. What is it? Yeah. Music variety show? Not really yeah. variety. Not a lot of variety. They're all pretty fucking white. Anyway, you'll you'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> Back to you. What I was going to say, too, to speak into what you guys were saying in reference to, like, filming, like, via Zoom as well, too, is I think, obviously, because the subject matter was around a Zoom meeting, so to speak, I think it obviously lent itself to it. And there was such an intimacy, even though it was comedic and everything, there was such an intimacy in, in the script. And Janine is so good at doing that because I did her other film, Customer 935, and she talks about very relevant subject matter and makes it more humanized, which is like so great. She makes it very funny and very humanized. Like it's it's okay that we're doing this. It's okay that we're feeling this way. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, this is happening to us. We are actually in an addict group for, you know, Amazon <laughs> or something like that, you know. But I think, like she said, you know, us doing time on our own was was good as well. Thank you, Jen. I also have to say that, you know, she's fantastic at improv. 
and like the actors I had were amazing. So, uh, you know, there, there are some lines that did not come from me. You know, there are parts of that did not come from me. They were fantastic with the improv. They, it was our movie, our script. And also I have to say that like Jeremiah and Jen were amazing because they already had experience with Zoom. Yeah. I know Jeremiah was like, you should also do like the phone because of pixelation and editing. And, yeah. You know, so they had doing projects already like this. That would never have yeah. occurred to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't do, I only did one project over Zoom the entire time of this dumb pandemic. And yeah. it was, it was just like a poetry thing, whatever. It was, it didn't have anything to do with pixelation. So yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I but, wish I'd done more. Can we do one right. more pandemic? I, I actually need another year. I, I, kinda, I, I, I kind of fucked this one up. I, I kind of, oh my God, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and quit again. Hey, because the thing is, I did like I I had the play reading, you know, so like it was all, and, or and I did like two play readings in this, and when everyone's muted, you can't get hear the laughter. No, oh yeah, that's why I don't do stand up. That's why I know. I know, I know. I, I don't blame you. No. I didn't try to do a Zoom stand up. Mm. Jen, do you still do stand up? I don't. I apparently don't either, but I'm planning to start again soon. Yes, and you know what's so funny? I never really did like. I, I mean, I would host stand up, which is is doing stand up because you have to have yeah, some yeah. material. Yes, um, but I was more involved in like sketch groups and female comedy groups and stuff like that, where it was again, it was more sketch, you know, type stuff. But um, but yeah, so I anybody who is doing stand-up and truly like banging it out too i mean kudos because it's, god love them it's yeah. a very vulnerable you know arena yeah, you know yeah. so to speak it is i have a lot of mixed feelings about it but- <laughs> <laughs> totally. it's also like it's a separate job that i like when i first started doing both i'm like wow so i have to like audition and get booked for stand-up like it's yeah. a totally different hustle that requires a lot of effort it's not easy. absolutely i think we could all all of us who are on here speak about it too. It's like when you're doing an acting job, uh, you know, you really, you have to focus on, I mean, you want to, you want to be present and you want to be real. Right. And you want to be true to the, the, the script and everything like that. But then when you are doing comedy or standup, you're so used to being larger than life. Right. Sometimes too, that if you're doing a more subdued scene, it's like, bring it down, you know, kind of thing a little bit. <laughs> Let's bring it down, you know. Totally agree. I mean, I, I dated a stand-up shortly and I've, I, no, I'm sorry. I don't know when he, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry as well. <laughs> he wasn't very funny. Oh, that's, and, a, that's common. Uh, that's a common thing. I know. <laughs> I know. But he, I don't know when he slept because he's like, all right, I'm going to work. And it'd be like 1 a.m. And wow. I know he had to like hustle for gigs. Sure. Like all those guys used to stand in the street trying to get people. I used to do that. That's the hardest. It's not easy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm not, I'm not doing it's that. It's hard. You got to sing for your supper, sing for your ta- stage time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, that, I was younger then. That was like years ago. You know, I was younger as well, but that was, you know, when it was, it was, it was when Lawrence Welk got his email. <laughs> I was with him when he got it and he was so excited. Quinn was like, I was 12 and <laughs> I was a scrappy pre-teenager on the streets of New York. Yeah. So going back to the the movie though, yeah. when I found out what the the short was about, I told Carol, I was like, I really don't want to watch anything about the pandemic. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I was like, I I can't do it. I don't want to go back to that place. <laughs> oh, I yeah. think it's a testament to you that I actually enjoyed it. Thank you. Because it was not something that I thought I wanted to see. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I. It's good. I liked it a lot. It was light. I probably didn't give enough description when I said she made a movie during the pandemic, and and you should. And he thought it was like she made a movie about the pandemic. He's about like, oh. the pandemic. He's like, I don't want to see anything else about the pandemic. No, right, right, like, exactly. Now, like we're we're coming from under it, kind of. Please, too soon, too soon. No, too soon. no. I know. Is it too soon? Is it too soon? It's about shopping. You know, there's so many absurd. But you know, it was, I just wanted to capture the spirit of like the absurdity. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, um, and this kind of leads us why I really want uh, people to see this is uh, that whole spirit of giving back that came with with this time. And so, you know, after we made the movie, we had decided that we wanted to do something to help the Actors Fund because the Actors Fund has helped so many people. Totally. And they're an incredible source. And I've gotten grants in the past when I couldn't pay my rent. I have not used their resources. They have crazy, incredible. They've, I've taken computer classes and Photoshop classes. 
all the classes are free money classes to learn how to do money. They have yeah. so many resources and they've distributed more than $20 million since the pandemic began. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. That is, that is amazing. More than 15,000 people in the industry. And it's not just actors. Right. It's physicians. It's wardrobe people. It's yeah. Directors. It, it, anyone who works in the industry, whether it's theater or film and television, is eligible. And uh, so we got... Let's get back. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think people people who are not in in the business because the food business goes hand in hand with a lot of actors as well, too. Of course. Yeah. That both of their things, both of their both of their sources of money were were completely shut down. And um, I, I, I think a lot of a lot of folks don't realize that, you know, kind of thing. And uh and this kind of speaks into that what Janine is saying as well. That's how we all met, actually. I mean, Carol, that's how we met, Jen. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, we all catered together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and Yeagle, who plays uh, Peter C., he was on Broadway. He was doing uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Understudy, the understudy of uh, Tom Robinson. I got to see him do it. Amazing. Yeah, no, amazing. Cool. So, you know, I mean, seriously, people just like, there's nothing to do. I, I mean, I'm grateful. I have a husband who has a job, but not everybody had that. Yeah. I have right. a job, unfortunately, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hooray, hooray that I got a job. But uh, no, pre that, I was just lucky with the, the unemployment supplement and all that stuff. It really helped. But, you know, sure. I should have been using the Actors Fund's other programs and SAG Foundation and all this stuff I was talking to Quinn about recently. Like, we need to start doing some of the SAG Foundation, all the classes and stuff that they offer, all the seminars, yeah. all the everything. So, yeah, they're awesome. How long are you going to be raising money for the Actors Fund? How long is well, it? You know, it started with the end of March, and now we're going to extend uh, until the end of April. And so it will keep it open to the end of April. Um, cool. So from there, you know, I mean, you can always donate. We can always, our, our link, you know, to the to the giving fund uh, is open for years. We just started doing festivals. We just got our, into our first festival, uh, the Real Recovery Film Festival, which will, uh, I think, will be later in the year. Oh, cool. It'll, the festival is going to be different this past year or so. But yeah, no, we're keeping it open. Listen, if we can make money and and help other actors and other people in the totally I mean, yeah what better way to like use our art agree yeah. i totally agree with that yeah That's- and you guys are awesome to bring light to this too as well i mean really like well thank you so 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 good i credit quinn for help. i've wanted to do a podcast for a really long time yes and i just like putzed around and didn't do it forever and i don't know i met him and he's fantastic and he's very encouraging and you know we were totally talking, we were talking during the pandemic on the phone and he's like let's just do it yeah, yeah. we just started do doing it. it we just started doing it boom because that's what the young people do you know yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes and i'm obsessed uh, i'm yeah, I'm right just, i'm obsessed right. there you go Stop there you go it. there you go we just started like 12 weeks ago we did our first episode and uh we just had so much fun and it's a lot that's of fun awesome. and, and we do it every week and and yeah we want to highlight we so we have politicians on sometimes we also have nobody on and it's just he and i yeah but we we do like to highlight uh various little social issues and fundraisers and stuff like that and yeah yeah, this is like probably the first episode we've done where we are actually able to like promote other performers. Yeah. Like we haven't done that. Yeah, this is the first one we've done for performers. Okay. Yeah. So I'm happy for that because, you know, we know performers, a lot of people who are making art and, you know, doing things during the pandemic and out of the pandemic. We're happy. We're honored to be able to do this for you all and to spread the word and do that. Yeah, so thank no, you for definitely. coming. It's inspiring that you did it. And and it's cool to hear about yeah. like, the challenges behind it. Even though we didn't get that much time, it was cool to hear hear what we heard. And thank you. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yes. I did need to give a little plug to Jen. She was just in Boston shooting a new film. What? I'm like, oh, get out of town. What film? George Clooney. George Clooney was the director. Girl. Oh so, yeah. So, it was, it, I know it was so, you know, I mean, obviously we're doing all these Zoom, you know, auditions and stuff like that and taping and stuff like that. And I, one came across through my manager and it was for the Tender Bar, which is being, they're just wrapping up right now. Um, That's the name of the film. It's called The Tender Bar. Film called The Tender Bar. Uh, ben Affleck is the lead, Lily Rabe, uh, Christopher Lloyd, and George <gasps> Clooney is oh directing. My oh, my goodness. And, wow. And I booked a part, and I was like, oh, my God. And I so I, I was up there about three weeks ago when I was filming, and I met George, and he was a doll. Of course. He was a total doll, and 
did a scene with Christopher Lloyd. I probably <gasps> was more starstruck about Christopher Lloyd in a weird way. Yes. No, I love Christopher Lloyd. Oh, oh my God. That's very, very exciting. He's amazing. And I was like pinching myself. There were moments where I was like looking across the room going like, what the? You know, I mean, this <laughs> is people. Jen Johnson's yeah. got stuff going on. And Janine Flynn just booked a, a, a Law and Order SVI yes. just a few weeks ago. So, you know, these are very important people, Quinn. Just want to make sure you're clear on that. All right. Well, I'm definitely, well, I'm going to I'm gonna be young and anger, eager and learn all I can. Yes. Well, yes. It's not really that young, but yeah. Anyway. Um, oh. He is. He's pretty young. All right, kids. So sadly, we have to wrap this no, up. No, go. But no, you go. No, 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 no you go. No, you go. <laughs> It was so great to have you guys on, though. And I hope you have a good rest of your Easter, even though when this airs, it'll be two weeks after Easter. Yes. But... Yes. Happy Easter. Thank you. Hey. Yes. Happy Easter. And thank you for coming. Oh, have us on again. Have us on again. We'll just yuck it up. <laughs> All right. Do you need to know like where people can donate? Yes. Yeah, say it. And then we'll also put it on our on our website. Okay. Say okay so we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Emma, E-M-M-A-Z film. So MZ film. Also, uh, you can find the link to the giving page on my Instagram, which is at Nini F, Nini Flynn, which is N-I-N-I-F-L-Y-N. Thank you guys so much. This was really great. Yay. Yeah, guys, this was awesome. This is my first podcast. So cool. Well, you should do more because it's it's really interesting to hear about how you put it together and stuff. Thank you. So cool. This is great. Definitely. So yes. thank you guys for being here. We wish you the best of luck in what's coming for you guys. Yes. And vice versa. Vice and versa. And it's so good to see you. I'm almost fully vaccinated. So yes. hopefully, you know, I'll see. I see Janine in the neighborhood. Jen, I'd love to go hang out with you. I would love to see you. We always threaten to get together. I know, I know. I'd love to see you. That'd be awesome. All right, kids. All right, guys. Thanks for Thank you. Bye. Delightful. Thank you. Yes. Cool. You go. Yeah. And then we stay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks. I was going to like put them in the waiting room. I don't even know how to do that. I'll show you. I'll I'll tell you how to do it. Interesting though. I like getting to hear those details. It didn't even occur to me. Like, how do you film a movie on Zoom? I was thinking about the whole time I watched it. I was like, this looks like it was, I mean, it looks easy, but I know that it's not. It's not just like a Zoom play, like they just did right. this play and put it on Zoom. It's- I'm always very aware of the timing and anything, like whether it's mm-hmm. a stand-up set, whether it's, you know, you kind of acting like timing is something that I always notice first off. Mm-hmm. And I noticed how good their timing was. And I was like, that could not have been easy right. over Zoom. Yeah, yeah, no, especially. So yeah, very good. We'll encourage people to watch that. Mm-hmm. You have to make a donation to the Actors Fund to see it right now while they're doing the fundraising. But it doesn't have to be much. It can mm-hmm. be five bucks, it can be two bucks. If you got some scratch, it can be a hundred bucks. Whatever you got. Because the Actors Fund is really important. They reminded us of that. They did. Speaking of that, we also want to thank Jennifer Williams. Yes, Jennifer Williams for supporting the pod and buying us a coffee. Woo-hoo. Well, actually, seven coffees. She bought us a bunch of coffees. She bought us a lot. We- I don't drink coffee, so I don't know how much it costs, but... <laughs> She bought a lot. You don't drink coffee at all? I don't. I drink tea. No, that's actually good. It's okay. I don't know. I should drink less coffee. Well, I only have like a cup a day. That's not too bad. It's not bad for you. I just don't. It makes me jumpy. I don't need it. That's all. It used to make me clumsy and then somewhere I got like used to it, but I used to not be able to drink it. Coffee made you clumsy? Yeah, it used to make me like, you know, I would like be jittery and like drop stuff. Because you'd be too jumpy. Yeah. I see. But now that doesn't happen anymore. I guess in my old age, I'm starting to be able to handle it. Growing into your coffee. Growing into the man I'm meant to be. Yay. Again, thank you, Jennifer. We value the support. And please, yeah. anybody else, if you'd like to support our labor of love, be sure to visit buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good. And, you know, give whatever you like. Yeah, absolutely. We tried to watch the movie um, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's the Fred Hampton movie, right? Yeah. And my disc didn't work. My disc from Zag didn't work. So I was bummed out. So I was going to ask you if you saw that movie. I have not seen it yet. I haven't gotten my Zag stuff. I know. No, no. We watched the Chicago Five instead. It was good. Oh, was it? I haven't seen that either. It's interesting because I didn't really know that history. So um, it was good to see it. And the acting was really good. It was Sorkin. So 
I don't know what you think about Aaron Sorkin, but um, I don't get emotionally involved as, as much as I want to in his films. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's certainly well done. You can't say it's not well done, you know, mm-hmm. and it's great acting and, and uh, all that stuff. I just feel like somehow it's too, I don't know, too literally storytelling. Like something about the stories are too, it's almost like a documentary. I mean, it's hard to do any kind of biopic. It really is. It is. And, and make it super interesting. And it is really interesting. I just feel it's not captivating the way... Like Oliver Stone? I can't stand Oliver Stone, sorry. Uh, I, I mean, as a person, no. I can't stand him either, but... Yeah, I know what you mean about his films. I haven't yeah. seen an Oliver Stone film in so long, I can't think uh, which one I would have seen. But um, no, I'm trying to think of a movie that I thought was like amazing lately that was like that, that was like a biopic, but was amazing. I mean, one of the closest is the American Masters about Doc Severinsen. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it was not done like a typical biography, whatever, just something about the way it was put together and the lighting and the way it was cut and shot. I'm going to watch it. It's like pretty good. Now that I know who Doc Severinsen is, I know. Um, for those of you who don't know, he did the Designing Women theme song. <laughs> and some other stuff. He did some other some stuff. Some other stuff too, but... Apparently. <laughs> with me, his claim to fame was the Designing Women theme song. But his story uh, is very, very interesting. It's very interesting. And I, I did not expect it to be that interesting. I wasn't even really planning to watch the whole thing. I just, from the get, like from the first minute, I was just like, oh my God. And then I just got fully sucked in. I'll give it a try. I mean... But yeah, it's not like a typical straightforward biography. I can only think of biographies I didn't like now all of a sudden. I can't think of the ones that I loved, but... I can't think of a single biography I did not like. I, like, not enough to, like, remember I didn't like it. Like, if I don't like it, I turn it off. Oh, I, you know what? I'll hang with something for a long time unless I really... Oh, really no, 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 no. Not uh, a documentary. If a documentary's not hidden, I turn that bad boy off. The waste of my time. Well, the Harriet Tubman film was not... I did not like the Harriet Tubman it film. It wasn't done well somehow. And it sucked because she was amazing in it. She was amazing. She's a great actress. But the way they did the film, it was too much of a straight biopic. Not only that, I felt like the stakes were high enough. She was like the roadrunner. And that slave owner was like Wiley Coyote. Like she would do these wild things and not Crazy. get caught. And I'm like, would she have taken that kind of risk just to like say hi to somebody? Like, I mean, apparently she did. Her story is amazing. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like for all intents and purposes, she kind of was the, 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 the roadrunner of, right. of slavery. But that film, that film didn't work though. It didn't work. That's what I'm saying. It was not good. Yeah. And I and I could tell that Cynthia Erivo thought that it was going to be like an Oscar turn. Could have been. And it's always interesting to watch actors think that and then it not land. Yeah. yeah. That's always interesting to see. Yeah. A lot of those movies that are about slaves, so now we're getting into stories that a lot of people don't necessarily know. I don't mean Harriet Tubman. We're getting to see a lot of these stories. And I'm starting to feel like they're kind of just becoming action movies. And I feel some kind of way about that. Hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. Good Lord Bird is fascinating. Did you see that? I did not. About John Brown. But it's not really a biopic. It's a series. And it's very, uh, they take artistic liberties for sure. But that's why it works is it's not just a straight biopic. And it's yeah. really beautifully shot. And, HBO you know, is like hitting me. Every time I turn around, there's something on HBO I need to watch. I have to. There's too much. <laughs> it's so much. And now they've like, now they have like Batman the Animated Series and all this. I'm like, I just can't. I can't. I'm so glad I don't have to watch that. I, I, I can't. Well, you don't. I mean, some people don't like animation. That's part of my childhood. Like, you know, I'm a I like animation. Nerd. I'm not a superhero person, so. Uh, well, you know, my history with superheroes, I yes. wouldn't read as a kid. And that's how my parents got me to read. So, like, I have now I have a, well, the whole country has a love of superheroes. They do, yeah. So, I'm in good company. No, I'm I'm in the I'm in the minority there for sure. Yeah. In the early 2000s, I was on my own. Like, as a kid, <laughs> I was on my own. Like, I really loved it. And there was nobody else Aww. really. But now, everybody. So I'm glad to have a connection to the superhero world via you. I, lo- I love what they stand for. And perhaps I can get you involved in the makeover show world. Or <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. So speaking of which, me and my husband started watching this home makeover renovation show with Marie McCormick. I have not seen any of those, but I know people love those too. Those are actually pretty damn good. Marie McCormick is really... From the Brady Bunch, right? Yeah, Marsha. Yeah. She's still got it. She's like, what, in her 60s? She's still beautiful. Okay. She's funny. She's kooky. She's a HGTV type of person. Like, I didn't know that would be a good fit for her, but I guess it kind of makes sense because she was like America's teenage girl. So it kind of makes sense for her to be like sure. doing that. But she's like teamed up with this like really hot guy and they like renovate houses and they're like, he's like our gay best friend. And okay. it's very cool. It's called Frozen in Time. They like go and renovate homes that haven't been changed like since the 50s oh. or 60s oh, or 70s wow. and like make them modern. And it's cool to see like how.
how houses used to look in the 50s or 60s or 70s or early 80s. No, I grew up in one. I wish I could go get them to redo the house my brother lives in now. He's in a wheelchair and the house is not really set for him, you know. If it's not, if it's like not been touched or renovated at all, they definitely would. Oh, I would say it hasn't. (laughs) You should look into it. There's been some bad renovation, shitty kitchen renovation, but uh, it's really shitty. And for the most part, it hasn't really been changed too much. Yeah. Hmm. They're just going to knock the kitchen. I'll learn one thing. You knock out the walls to the kitchen and throw in an island. That's just what they do every single time. Yeah. My brother wants an island, but he's in a wheelchair. So he actually doesn't have space for an island. They can make space. I've seen them like do wonders. Hopefully they could fix it. They could figure it out and make it a better house for him in a wheelchair. Because he needs to have it accessible so he can live. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to these people. Reach out to Maureen McCormick. Marsha, 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 help me. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That show was an important part of my youth. The movies were an important part of my youth. (laughs) Oh, that is adorable. (laughs) Funny. I've never (laughs) seen them. So patronizing. (laughs) You were patronizing. (laughs) Fuck this episode. That was not meant to be patronizing. I actually did mean it to be adorable. I just think it's hilarious that like a show (laughs) that was important to my youth, you're like, the movies. Like, I've never seen the movies. The reboot. The reboot, yeah. I know they exist. I just never saw them. They're pretty funny. I did not mean to be patronizing. I'm sorry. I actually love all the things that we have in common and the things that we don't have in common. I think there's a nice bridge between, you know, where you, you know, you're the original on the reboot. (laughs) And now, unfortunately, we're like, we're at a time where there's like time for another reboot. Oh, my God. Already? A space behind us. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, not the Brady Bunch, but it's coming probably. You know, Hollywood has no ideas. We're not bringing a younger person into this show. This is it. Aw. I'm looking for, I want somebody that's 27 years younger than me so I can like call them. <laughs> sure. So if you, if anybody knows an eight year old that wants to be in a whole new podcast. And he can say like, oh, you love that show? I love the TikToks about that show. And we'll be like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you love the what? Oh my God, that just depressed me. And Lawrence Well, you got to Google some Lawrence Well because that was hilarious. I think I've heard the name before, but I have no idea who that is. Square as square can be. It was the squarest of the squares, extra square. Wow. Square squared. And this was like, what, in the 70s? Oh, no. I think, um, I don't know, 60s? I mean, he was on. I don't know when he finally got canceled or quit or whatever, but he was certainly on in the 70s. But I think he started in the 50s or 60s. or I don't, I don't actually know. If he was square in the 70s, and that's pretty damn square. Oh, he was the squarest of squares. Super square. Okay. It was actually kind of an interesting show. It's such a throwback. It's such an insane throwback that I was interested from an anthropological point of view as a child. Because my for my parents, this was like, <laughs> their world. And for me, I was just like, what the heck? I'm going to YouTube it. That's my answer for everything. Yeah. It's all on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It is all on YouTube. All right, my dear. I got to go tend to my lamb, which I'm controlling from my phone. All right. I'm controlling my lamb in my sous vide from my phone. So don't tell me I'm old fashioned. You stepped into the 21st century, mama. I'm in. So thank you all for listening. And remember, if you'd like to support the show, be sure to visit buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good. And if you want to join in on discussions about the episodes, follow us and comment on Instagram and Twitter at this is gonna be good. Again, I am Quentin Lamar. You can find me at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. Hey, I'm Carol Dan. I mean, I'm Carol Scudder, but you can find me at the Carol Dan. Don't even think about it at Instagram. (laughs) Don't try to figure it out. And uh, at Carol Scudder on Twitter where I'm not tweeting that You're getting better. I'm not getting better. I was really prepared. You're getting better. I was more prepared. I see improvement. Uh, and I, I'm going to tweet more this week. We'll see if I can tweet more this Good. week. Good. Tweet more this week. And again, a special thank you to Peter D for the great original soundtrack for It's Going to Be Good and for his amazing editing skills. And remember to continue to listen and subscribe for free Woo-hoo. to This Is Going to Be Good. Do it, y'all. Y'all have a good Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Take it easy. Thanks, Easter Bonnie. Bye-bye. Bye.